Hello and welcome to the Prog Magazine podcast, or Progcast. Um, we've got a bit of a special one for you this week. Uh, I'm joined by Joe Kendall from Prog Magazine. Hello. And we have a very, very special guest with us. We're absolutely delighted to welcome to the Prog Magazine podcast, Mr. Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us, Derek. I have to say, uh, formally of the band, formally known as Spinal Tap. All right. Oh, okay. Language yeah. would, would require yeah, yeah, to say. I'm be... fine. I'm fine. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, thank you ever so much for joining us. I know you're incredibly busy uh, at the moment. You've um, you've got a brand new solo album out, Smalls Change. Smalls Change, a, uh, a small change, parenthesis, meditations upon ageing, close parenthesis. Yeah. Do you want to tell us all about it? I think I just did. No. Uh, uh, it's, just a little uh, bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my first solo record. The first solo uh, full-length record. I did a, a solo super demo in the, in the 70s called It's a Smallest World, but it was mastered on a track, and so you, you can't recapture it. It's just there's no, the equipment to remaster it isn't available. So this is the first one, uh, and I, I've been joined by a, a host of rock and roll luminaries, Everybody from Steve Vai and Joe Satriani to Donald Fagan and David Crosby. So the sweethearts on one side and the curmudgeons on the other. <laughs> I think uh, our old friend Rick Wakeman's on there as Rick well. Rick Wakeman is yeah. on it. Uh, Dweezil Zappa. Uh, all sorts of uh, great rock and roll drummers. Um, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, what was it like for you to sort of to, to hook up with people like that and work with them? Well, um, Someone had known, Richard Thompson, we were talking about before we started, who's a great guitar player. People don't realise what a great guitar player he is. Well, I was so surprised when we, when we got to that track. Yeah. Uh, all he the, shreds. All the songs get in the way sometimes. A little bit, know. yeah. Uh, but he does shred. He, he wasn't sure he could shred, and I said, I, I see a shredding in you, and I want to bring it out. Um, and uh, Steve Lukather, also on the record, is a friend. Uh, Dweezil had been on... Uh, the Break Like the Wind record yep. from Tap has had uh, Satriani, Joe Satriani. So with them, it's just, hey, one more time. <laughs> but with the rest, it's please, please, would you please, please, you know, at least answer the call, answer the phone or, <laughs> or the respond. Um, and ultimately they did with a great warmth of generosity and love, which um, was one of them, I don't remember who characterized as, uh, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's like a pity fuck. You know, so, <laughs> which I took as a compliment, uh, and you should. Yeah, because I've been on the other side of that. You know, well, who many, hasn't? Many who the hasn't? Time. Exactly. You know. So, and uh, it's it's um, it's songs about, you know, they they uh, they there's a they there, uh, the British Fund for Aging Rockers, which I you're probably familiar with. Uh, I certainly am. Gave me a, a, a grant, <laughs> and uh, they said, "Well, what's your idea?" I said, well, my idea was that you'd give me some money and I'd make a record. No, 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 you need an idea. So it was like, well, what do I know? I know I'm getting older, so I'll write about what I know. And so uh, they said, well, it's a bit limiting, isn't it? You know, don't you think? And I said, I thought about this and I thought to myself and I said to myself, I said, Derek, because I call myself Derek, there's only two kinds of people in the world. People who are getting older and dead people, and we're aiming at the active part of the market. And they said, "Okay, right, you got the money." So, well, you'd think you'd think that uh, if the if the, the fund for aging rockers, they did they'd tap into that in a way. Yeah, I think they were just trying to trying to have fun with me. 
So, um, so as you mentioned, there's this overmarch, overarching theme here. I mean, it's subtitled Meditations on Aging. Meditations upon aging. Upon I, aging. Did, I did that extra syllable for the rhythm of it. All right. Okay. For the iambic pentameter. Well, some tam- some tameter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, um, that, does that put it into the realm of, of the concept album? It's an idea album, I'd say, more than a concept album. I think an idea is bigger than a concept. Uh, at least I hope so, because it's it's one of the things I did with the record was try to go beyond. There's definitely rock in it. It starts with heavy hard rock, and then it expands. And again, you've got two choices. You could expand by just adding guitars and drummers. That's not really pleasant. Uh, so I went expanded it the other way by adding a symphony orchestra, and so then you get to have all these other colours, you know, that you, you don't have normally. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's grander than a concept album. Right, OK. Lofty, lofty aspirations there. Um, I was watching some of the promo videos that you, you've um, you, that you've made for this. Now, uh, it, it don't get old. Yes. That's more in your classic spinal tap vein for anybody that saw the film. Yes, the hatchet job, as I call it. <laughs> um, but the title track... Yes. Now that's that's a really interesting one. That's why Prog Magazine suddenly went, "Oh, hang on a minute. We maybe, yeah. maybe we should have a chat chat yeah. with Mr. Smalls." Yeah. Because I think that's that's putting your music into a different area that a lot of uh, a lot of our readers will really really get into. Yes, well, it's a, it's as you say, it's autobiographical. It's it's uh, the story of why I'm here as a solo artist uh, at this point in time, which is about the not the breakup uh, we didn't fight and wrangle and throw things because we don't have a lot of things to throw. Um, we, we just, just, the band would dissolve, but it did it repeatedly over the years. So I was used to it. Uh, usually the dissolving would end and there'd be a, I guess you'd say a solving. Uh, but this time there wasn't. So the first half of Small's Change is, um, basically, a, a dive, a descent into the self-pity that I felt at that time. And then the second half is the bravado, the defiant bravado of I'm still here, I shall do this by myself now, and I will, I will, sur- I will not only survive, I will endure and overcome and all of those things. So, yes, it's, it's the most prog cut on the record, though, is uh, the last one, When Men Did Rock. I don't know if you've heard that. Well, that's the thing I want to talk to you about, yeah. actually. As albums editor, this is what I'm concentrating on. I've been listening to the record solidly for uh, quite some time. And uh, there's definitely things. If any listeners are thinking, why why, why are we having Derek here? It's because there is proper prog on this record. We've already talked about a couple of the things here. Uh, that is the pièce de résistance right at the end. It's an epic. Yes, it's an epic. It's, it's an, an epic, absolute it's epic. An epic. That's what that's de got, resist- got Rick on it. It's an epic de résistance, I an would ep- say. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got a little classical start. I, I was trying to wrap my brain. I've got a little bit of a routing in classical music. Right at the beginning, it's got a little bit of sort of solo violin that you've reinterpreted. What is that, that passage? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I think it's Rimsky or it's I think Korsakov. it's Rimsky, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it's so it starts with that and then it yeah. just it just goes for it and yeah you've got Rick on there you've got Joe Satriani you've got the the whole orchestra we've got so, Michael League from Snarky Puppy we do the bass duel at the beginning of it so there's that the Snarky Puppy horns in fact are on this record as well aren't yes they? they're on another and, track another band very popular I think with a lot of prog readers uh, yeah, yeah absolutely great. absolutely loving loving the epic style to that I mean, and, and if I may could we just pop through some of the the other tracks that are on there because uh, I was I'd like to highlight some of the things that sure. and some of the things that I heard sure. and uh, that Jerry will hear when he when he when he when he listens to the record as well. Um, oh, you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> well, that's put me on. Spot, that's spot, put me on the spot. Spot I'm, just, right on I'm just looking straight through the studio yeah. window at the band's PR now. Yeah, deer in the deer in the headlights. I was going to ask you actually. I yeah. was going to ask the question. Where's the uh, a, record? Bit, a bit later on. Whatever, whatever happened to Artie Fufkin? Yeah. Well, I think I'm just looking straight <laughs> through the window. No, that's not. That's not Artie. This this guy actually showed up. <laughs> and we got to kiss my ass. Right. Um, so uh, right at the beginning, the open chore. Yes. Uh, I can hear Moody Blues. Would you agree? Uh there's no Mellotron on it. That's uh, true. Uh, there's there's no Tron on it of any kind. That's actual symphony orchestra playing that. But yeah, I mean it's. It's it's redolent of that era, yeah. I, I would say so. It's because it's basically, it's a a a, a grand opening piece. It's a it's a um, the kind of of uh, scene setting, you know, for a a grand drama to 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 come. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And I like the fact that you've said the philosophy of the record expressed in fewer words than I've taken to almost describe it. Um, then, yeah, bit of Deep Purple. We slip into some Deep Purple. Great Hammond on Rock and Roll Transplant. Yes. Uh, that is... Who's on the Hammond? On the, I believe it's it's Mr Vanston, my producer. Um, we have Paul Schaefer playing Hammond and Keys on another track on it. but And, of course... Mr. Wakeman later on, but I think that's Mr. Vanston at that stage. So yeah, I'm intrigued, by, I'm intrigued by Mr. Vanston. I was looking at his website earlier, and um, I know he's one for us as well because under the Things I Like section, there was Keith Emerson. Oh, he Moog. loves Keith Emerson. You know, Keith played with Spinal Tap. Yes, uh, he did. At Wembley yes. Arena. He almost broke my foot when he started tipping the organ over. <laughs> I was in the wrong spot on the stage. <laughs> I'll always remember that. But yeah, uh, CJ is... Uh, Great keyboard player in his own right. Yeah, yeah it, well, I definitely thought, yeah, he's for us. He still looks yeah. quite enigmatic, but definitely for he us. He produced the last Toto record. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, and then going on to, obviously, Small Change, which you were talking about earlier, Jerry. Um, I could hear a little bit of Rachmaninoff and Crossroads in it. It's very, uh, it's, you know, symphonic ballad. They're definitely the kind of thing that our, our listeners and our, our readers would absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, if, the, if I really put any Rachmaninoff in it uh, deliberately. Okay. But the thing about Rachmaninoff I'm projecting. Is, is he sneaks in <laughs> when he's least expected. I think that's what his, his mates used to say about him. <laughs> and uh, Memo to Willie, yes. uh, which I can't believe. This is amazing. You've got Donald Fagan and Jeff Skunk Baxter. And, and Larry and Carlton. And Larry Carlton, yeah. yeah. And the Snarky Puppy Horns. And the Snarky Puppy All Horns, together. Yeah, yeah it's... it's yeah. You know, it started all because uh, I wrote the song. It's a, a and people say is that about a problem you're having, Derek? And I say no, uh, I'm fine, thanks, mate. But um, I go to the states a lot, and uh, you you watch the telly in the states, and you see these adverts, and it's a nice looking bloke, thirties, forties, you know, doing well, uh, 
got a nice looking lady friend alongside him. They're they're in a canoe on a lake, you know, or they're bicycling in the mountains, or uh, hiking, or, or going about the city, and they look like they're about to get it on, you know. And all of a sudden, this voice, kind of ominous voice, on the soundtrack, when the time is right, will he be ready? I'm thinking. Blimey, they have a problem in the States. Uh, <laughs> so, and because he's, you know, it's not like he's old. He's not like he's an old geezer. He's in his 30s, 40s. So I thought, right, it's a, getting older, but it's not old. Don't take a pill, mate. Just give William a good stern talking to. And that's how the song began. And then the, the bridge is, time is such a poor excuse, age is but a number. You could still be of use when I'm dead. That's when you can slumber. Give me that lumber. And, <laughs> and Mr. Vanston said, great, after that, sing Willie Don't Lose That Lumber, which I did. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And then he said, but Fagan is going to sue your ass off. So I thought I better call him. And so I uh, write him and I did. And I said, two things, please don't sue me and please sing it. And uh, so far, I'm at, at least one for two. <laughs> Ex, good work, sir. Mm. It's, it's absolutely, it's a superb piece of work. It, it really is. And also the uh, the correlation between Memo to Willie and Steely Dan about dildos. Yes, of um, course. Yeah, I don't Steely know. Dan number two was the original dildo in the William Burroughs book, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, so one of my favourites, even though it's only 31 seconds long, is Complete Faith. Oh, well, that's very, that's, uh, it was written as an intro to the song Faith No More, but then Mr. Vanston said, I'd like a royalty, please. So it becomes its own song. Wow. That's okay. how it works, you know. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, cool. we, it is. We, we get a bit of insight here. Yeah. Um, Faith No More, that's interesting too, because that still has the orchestra. Who's on the old harpsichord? That's very pretty. That's Mr. Vanston. Is he? Yes, oh. he's, he's a talented key, man, this keyboard wizard. Talented. Faith No More is about our ex-manager, the ex-manager of Spinal Tap, oh, of Ian Faith, who rubbed us blind and deaf and probably dumb too. Um, it just uh, a, a, a I regard that song as a epic ballad of betrayal, uh, and so there it. I think you can hear a little, almost a little Procol Harum in that. If you definitely, would, yeah, definitely, yeah. it's got some really great synth on it. Really yeah. great synth. Um, Paul Schaefer pops up on "Give Me, Give some, me some More, more Money." money. Yeah. yeah, he can play, can't he? Oh, he sure can. Yeah, we did that track in New Orleans, and uh, Paul was a uh, a keyboard master, it, you know, he, he was kind of always just over in the corner on the David Letterman thing that you'd see him. But he's he's a brilliant musician. He's and he's got this memory. He he can remember everything, every song he's ever heard, and play it back on on keys. If wow. it, if there weren't recordings, he'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and then also getting David Crosby on that. Now we have featured David Crosby in the mag as well. We have, yeah. Yep, I think it was one of the. Um, was he nice the, to you? Um, I didn't actually. It's not, I didn't confront him. Uh, but was he nice to you? Uh, in a way, right? He said to the uh, producer, "Don't ever tell me to sing like that." <laughs> and then he sang like that. Oh, well, some, <laughs> so, people. You know, some people. Yeah. No, he's great. He's great. He's and a wonderful you, geezer. You mentioned Dweezil. Yes. Um, so yeah, Dweezil's on MRI. MRI. That's one of my favourites as yes, well. That's yeah. fast. It's got a fast tempo. But of course, it's about having a MRI. Scan. It is. It's yeah. about the experience. It's about the journey, mm. as the Americans like to say. You start in thinking this is going to be the death of me. You, you know, I'm not going to get out. It's 
dark in there and it's you can barely move the metaphysical journey because or or the actual physical the journey actual, of moving into no, the, the actual the actual back out again. psychological oh, journey right. Sorry. of what you undergo as you go under the physical journey you undergo it as you go under um and eventually you realize blimey they're banging me head for me <laughs> You know, it's not too none, loud at all. None more metal. None more metal. Exactly. Right. It is very much so. How did you get to know Dweezil? Did you know his? Do you know his family? He, I do. He played on uh, "Break Like the Wind," which was the Taps' uh, 1992 release, and uh, yeah. So I, I, I actually ran into Moon last Saturday. I was signing record store day at, in a record store in Hollywood called Amoeba, and Moon was there DJing right before I signed. So we had a uh, a good meeting. Oh, superb. Yeah. I, I have to ask, what was it like? I was you? not the man on the moon, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <All right. No. laughs> I have to ask, what was it like for you recording this album, um, really on your own, uh, and not recording with David and Nigel, which is something that you must have been used to for so many years? For so many years, yeah, you're right. Um, as well as in the song uh, uh, "Small Change," there's a, a, a beginning part where it just what am I going to do without people, you know, telling me what to do? And uh, God, I've got all this spare time to tune because I'm not waiting for them to tune up. I can I can wait for myself. Um, and then, you know, this bird was free to fly. And, and get a buzz on his phone. Um, but seriously, it was like uh, I found I was the dodo who discovered he had wings. <laughs> uh, talking of talking of wings, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the, the uh, It's a Small's World, which was originally supposed to be your first solo album yes. from, what, 1975? Around that time, yeah. Uh, obviously, as you said, uh, it's, it ended up an eight-track demo. It's always intrigued me, what, what musically did that, sound like when you recorded it however it was very very rough it was very uh, primitive in a way um i thought um multi-tracking the bass was a way to go uh because it was a solo record didn't call any other guitarists as i have with this record so it was it was more like uh the music i hear in my head you know because i hear multiple basses in my head all the time right you know it's that, a, it's a must, bit. I was going to say that, that must be my. No, it's not. It's much lower than tinnitus. Tinnitus would be a, a, a pleasure. So, um, and that's never going to come out. Can't. It's, it was mastered on eight track. But yeah, do you no longer hear those bases in your? Oh, head? I do, but I, I can't. I can't plug into my head. <laughs> I, if I could, I would. Save me studio time. Now, one one question that Joe and I have been mulling over, we said well, we have to ask him, and I think yes. we're, 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 we're sort of asking this really with Jazz Odyssey in mind, aren't we, Joe? Yes, we are. We are. So how prog was Spinal Tap? I think it was um, hard rock between two, you know, there's like this, you know, Scylla and Charybdis, the two rocks in, in Greek mythology. Yep. Yeah. So Scylla was rock, Hard rock, tap was rock. On one rock on one side of that was metal, yep. and the rock on the other side was prog. And, and, and tap maneuvered and, and sailed between those two rocks. What about you personally? Did you go? I didn't for one? sail personally. No. You didn't sail personally, but what about one rock or the other that you might have been gravitating I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, to? Whatever kind of music it is, 
uh, if if I can play a thundering bass part, uh, I'm happy. You know, I, I, labels labels are for other people, and I, I'm, I love them. You know, those people and their labels. But to me, as long as I can feel, you know, a good thundering, thudding, uh, thundering uh, rock beat, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, because I have to say that in, yeah, in the in the film when you introduced Jazz Odyssey, it really looked like you were on the verge of perhaps moving in a different direction. Well, it was an excursion, wasn't it, Um, into experimental uh, improvisational music. Um, It turns out uh, it was a bit too far. There's two chords, and the boys, the lads, thought that was a bit uh, confining for their musical uh, improvisations. So I've I've, uh, taken the lesson. Uh, I've come up with a new musical incursion this time around, which we may be doing at the live shows, called Jazz Iliad, which only one chord, so uh, plenty of freedom there. So we'll see what happens. Good to know that that continues. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you a question about Hell to Pay as well, yeah. which is, um, that's another one of my favourites. I've got a lot of favourites oh, on, on, this, on this album. Me um, too. And I, I mean, no one can deny you have the most amazing head of hair. And it, is your, well. and it is your own. Yeah, there's a bit of a hole in the top here where uh, you know the sun shines through. But uh, yeah, it's my yeah, dad. I'd d- say looking remarkably healthy. Yes, I'm, I'm keeping myself. There's no a- hell to pay here. Well, <laughs> you see, that's the irony because I'm, I am uh, not to get too heavy about it, but uh, a follower of the supreme evil one, and so he takes care of me. But, uh, look after him. Yeah, look after you. That's exactly the deal. But my dad, uh, I got his. Metabolism. He was he was a, a sprightly lad even in his uh, later years. So yeah, your, your Duff, father was Duff, Duff, yes. Duff, Duff Smalls. Um, you know, had an active life. Uh, went about uh, sanitizing people's telephones in his little van most of the time. It's a it's a pity. I've I've you know a lot of reasons why I wish he was still here, the old Duffer. But uh, not the least of them is uh, you can imagine what a, a packet he'd be making with uh, mobiles because nobody would have thought of putting. Their old old style phone in their pocket, and there's you know there's oodles of germs in your pocket, mate. Not not to mention pocket fluff, fluff and dandruff oh, and, and lint and all sorts of just things. all sorts. So he would he would have made a packet with that. He, I I I would like to think that Duff would have come up with a uh, mobile cleaning app. I would have just self cleansing, self yeah, self cleansing, self cleansing app for your so, mobile, and would have made a, a serious like, packet. Sounds like a man ahead of his time. Well, he was, yeah. I talk to your dad. Actually, just talk about your mother because Dorothy, um, Dorothy Smalls, didn't she uh, leave home to travel with the all-girl jazz group, the Hot and Totties? Yes, she did. Now, obviously, yes, Jazz did. Odyssey was something that you felt strongly about, wanted to bring to Spinal Tap. Did you get that whole jazz thing from your mum then? You know, I never made that connection. It's interesting. No, I, I, I just, I think I went into music as a way of saying, "Mum, mum." It's me, Derek, you know, as a way of... Because I never saw her after the age of four. Your, your, your path as a professional musician never crossed with, with your mother's. With the hot and totties. No. We were never co-built. No. Uh, Do they still exist? No. Not, no. no. Not, e- not even in the early days when, we, when you were travelling as the Thamesman. Yeah, no. Uh, they, they'd hung it up by the early 60s. You know, the, the market for an all-girl jazz band had really dried up... Uh, Pretty much by the time rock and roll came around, I think rock and roll helped to, ki- helped to kill it. In a way, I, and I'm just realizing this now, saying I went into music to connect with my mum, 
And then I came, went to the kind of music that killed her killed. band off. It's a bit tragic. It's tragic, bit absolutely tragic. 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 perhaps the seeds of another concept album there. Well, or, or at least a, a, a good night of drinking. <laughs> I mean, because like many bands of, of that era, you started out sort of with a beat kind of thing going oh, on with sure, the Thames, man. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, we we experimented, you, we did psychedelic. But then you went into the psychedelic. Yeah, thing you know, you try to do what... Listen to the, the you, flower people. You try to do what's popular, and then you go, sod the popular, we got to do what we want to do and make it popular. Did you? Yeah. Did, and we almost did. Did you ever feel a proper kinship with those kind of uh, musical styles? Because obviously, it was it was the rock that that stayed true to tap throughout their entire career, yeah, is, and is, with your own career now. Yeah, uh, and you know, um, um, as I, I was going to say before, I didn't. The uh, range of musical styles on this record, you know, from the very basic hard rock of Gum and the Gash to uh, that's the one that sticks in my head. It, does it? Yes. It's a good place for it. Mm. Um, to the grandiosity, I say that in the greatest sense of the word, of uh, When Men Did Rock, that's a great range musically. I think it's a bigger range than, than we had with Tap. I think I felt freer to to paint with all those colours now, you know. Tap had great musical vision, though, because, I mean, your second album... Um, 1968's We Are All The Flower People. Yes. That got re-put out by the record company as a concept record, didn't it? Um, the, f- the incredible flight of Icarus P. Anybody. Yes. Uh, we didn't approve of that title. Um, that was That's record company creativity for you. Um, I think they thought that was psychedelic in some way or shape or form. Uh, you do not want people at your record company taking psychedelic drugs. It may be a little bit late for that piece of advice, but it's it's still true. <laughs> yeah, that happened 40 years ago. <laughs> well, they, no, but I mean, the people still do acid, you know that. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't, mean, I, don't, I don't mean you knew that because you do it, but I mean, it, it's true. Mm. Now I've, I've read It's a amazing, qu- but true. Sorry. I read a quote that you're talking about, the, the, the incredible flight of Icarus P. Anybody, which, of course, is an album about somebody who thought he could be like Icarus, strap on some wings and fly. Yes. Uh, now, you said, you know, Moody Who stole the idea from you. Is that true? I don't remember saying that. <laughs> um, you know, you, you last long enough in this, in this business and people attribute things to you. I, I, I would never accuse anybody of stealing anything from Spinal Tap um, because what would, they, what would they benefit from it? You know, it did nothing for us. Well, I was just I wonder, mean, I'm I, wondering you know, if, if it was an idea from, from Spinal Tap that set someone like the Moody Blues off on the well, huge yes, successful career that they had. And let then me, later on you do a callback. With, let me just say this, you know, Metallica, Black Album. Well. Hit, you, wink, 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 hint, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. S- say no more. Say no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you, of course, famous for uh, smoking a pipe. For having a pipe. Having a pipe. Never really saw me smoke it, did Actually, you? Actually, this is true. Yeah. This is true. It was an affectation. <laughs> um, because everybody else in the band had cigs at that time, and uh, I didn't want to do cigs, and I thought, what, what's, what can I have that looks more bass player-ish? Now, right, a pipe. A pipe. Of course, yeah. of course another... And leg- I collected some. Another but, legendary progger who was known for uh, at least holding a pipe, is Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. Yes, I like Ian a lot. Who Who is actually on record as saying some of the early Tull albums actually sound a bit like the Thamesmen. Did you know that? I didn't know he said that, and uh, I, I'd have to uh, hear him say it to believe it. But um, when he says early Tull, does he mean like uh, teacher? 
around that? I think he's probably talking about the, the very first. Yeah, maybe, maybe more bluesy stuff. Yeah, I would say this, oh, this was, smash, this was oh, benefit, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Ah, yes, yeah. Thamesman ish, yeah. Thamesman ish. Yeah, ish. More ish. More ish than Thamesman. <laughs> yeah. But there's, you, know, what, you see, what we're doing here is we're linking tap to the great history of progressive rock. You're embedding us in the fabric. Well, yeah, whether course, you want it, want it or not. Because, yeah. cause, you know, the, the whole concept album thing was, was big with tap in, in the early days. I mean, 1975's The Sun Nether Never Sweats. sweats which that was, was a concept album, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. It was a song. What, uh, what was uh, that uh, concept about? The concept was about the death of the English Empire. Um, and we wrote songs about all the all the places we'd never been to uh, that you see in, in films that that Britain had ruled, and uh, so the, the song there was us from Zambia. What was it called? From Zambia to the Zambezi was one. We're very adventurous. Uh, tried tried to use some African rhythms, but it was basically just four four. Because uh, I think the famous saying is actually the sun never sets. Did right. you not know that? I did know that. It was my, my turn of phrase. Um, that was my song. We did it uh, live in the uh, 92 uh, Break Like the Wind tour because people really hadn't heard it. Um, but, yeah, the, the sun never sweats is a way of saying whatever happens to the empire is, is no sweat for the sun. The oldie play on words, Jerry. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, this, you, you're, you're, you're not it was just not a musician, a, you're a wordsman as well. It yeah. was not a mistake, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. It only seemed like a mistake. If that was a mistake, yeah. what do you think of the fact that you followed up that album with an excursion into glam rock in 1976's Bent for the Rent, and then you followed that up with uh, a glam dance album, 1977's Tap Dancing? Surely those two things stick out a bit like sore thumbs in Tap's wonderful discography. Uh, they they they're outliers. I'll give you that. Um, David looked a bit of a prat in uh, platform shoes. I'll give you that. Um, Nige was an uh, was a very reluctant glamour. You know, I, I as as long as there was a beat, I was with it. You know, uh, as I say, I'm not one for. Uh, being a stickler for labels. Let the labels do the stickling. Um, now, the other thing the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about was, of course, um, one of, it's now one of the most famous scenes in film history. Um, you and the zucchini. Uh, the courgette, yes. Yeah, or the courgette if, uh, for, obviously, uh, people who for are British listening audiences. to... The British the audience. British, British. You were yeah. really going yank on us there. I was, yeah. I was. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. Um, Do you wish you were a Yank? I really, I know I'm very, very happy not Good. being a Yank. Good, right now, especially. especially right now. Yeah. 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 yeah, best thing. You're very right proud now. to yeah. not be a Yank now. Um, how did it feel having that, that moment ingrained on film history? Well, you know, the whole film, I call it a hatchet job, of course. Yeah. Um, because, you know, common sense, a bit of common sense. We're touring America. 26 cities, one pulled out, 25. Um, a bit of science, about 92%, 92.45% of the time, we found the stage, no problem at all. Uh, about 78% of the time, I got out of the pod straight away. Um, as to the zucchini, people say, D- a bit of a problem there, Dare? Don't, you know? Um, I say, no. Not really. Never had a problem with my power stance. But um, I'm looking at you when I say that. Um, <laughs> but um, it was our first American tour. We were playing larger houses than we had ever played before. 
And I thought to myself, Derek, I call myself Derek when I'm talking to myself, a bit of stage fright, a bit of nervousness might take hold, a bit of insurance wouldn't hurt. So it was the only tour I wore that appurtenance or appendage or whatever you call it on, never since, never, never before. Um, but yet, yeah, people are still to this day saying, "You're wearing the courgette tonight, Derek." So you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's a, it's a, as I say in a, in, a, in, the, in their record about something else, it's a one-edged sword. Your uh, your wife Pamela famously divorced you midway through that 1982 See, I, tour. Yeah. I was wondering if there was any connection between the the courgette and 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 the divorce. No, there was divorce. more connection between the Lamborghini and the divorce because I lost that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's that's how I felt. <laughs> you know, you don't those don't come every day. What courgettes? Lamborghinis. Oh, of course no. I'm yeah. sorry, still thinking about courgettes. Unless you're living, unless you're living on a race course in Italy, in which case they come by about once every four minutes. <laughs> sure. Um, so your record label, it's you. Well, it's BMG uh, with with me at the at the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's going through Pledge. How did you get involved with Pledge? Uh, they wanted to do it, and uh, they said, "Can we put out the record on, in our on our website?" And I said, "You could put the record. Anybody could put the record out on anything. You know, I'm, I'm, this is about getting it to the getting the music to the people." One this of the is conditions a- of being on pledge, though, is um, you have special bundles, which yes. I've been looking at. You've got yes. some amazing bundles. Yes. Do you want to run through some of the things? I don't there? remember them. Well, let, let me tell you then. You've got um, socks. Yes. Derek Small socks. Yeah. Yes, with with my with either my face on it or my name on it. Yeah, yeah. both, in fact. Yes. Um, Depending on which side of the foot you're looking th- at. They're, they're also available on digital download for people with 3D printers, so that's great. I didn't know that. I might have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of that's my, my idea. I don't think. And any if your dad was around, he might have taken that on yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, also, bass strings. That is very, very highly desirable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that I think we're giving away. Uh, uh, the bundle includes five of them because I play a fiver. You need five. Unique. Yeah, unique. it's not unique. People play five string all the time. Now. In Prague, they <laughs> go Prague. well. We've we've seen Seven, nine string, nine, nine string yeah. bass. Yeah. yeah, of course. You know, but they but they just. I, I wonder how big your hand actually has to be. To, Probably have to get extra fingers. Don't well, you? it's like when I had the the double necker. Yes. You know, you and then it's your your arms got to be big longer, but your hands can be the same size. Something, oh, sorry, something cool. interests me yeah. as soon as we were on pipes yeah. is a uh, bag of pipe cleaners is uh, available on Pledge. That's great. Very clean, I would have thought, seeing as you're a pipe holder, yeah. not a pipe smoker. Yeah, yeah. we know. Never, never a, a smoker, always a holder bee, yeah. I say. They will never have been touched, so they are Those virgin, will be virgin, 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 pipe, virgin cleaners. pipe cleaners. Yeah, yeah. the best, yeah. the best that you can get. Um, also, highly covetable, the Shrewsbury FC top. Yes, I just got a new one from, they keep redesigning it, um, they, 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 I guess they've got a lot of uh, fans that they want to sell more, uh, more apparel to, so they redesign them quite frequently. But I've got the new one, which I wore at the record stay, record store day, event in Hollywood, taking Shrewsbury to Hollywood. Oh, as it were. Are you? Are you? Have you been a long time supporter? Have you got any investment in the club? I thought uh, way back when about uh, buying the club because it was what rockers did before the Arabs and the Russian oligarchs came in. And uh, even at that point, you know, even a, a, a non-Premier League club was a, a bit rich for my, my blood. Club blood 
Could I say that twice? <laughs> a a non-Premier League club was too rich for my blood, right. is what I meant to say. Uh, yeah, so I just followed them from afar, now, as you, far as possible. Uh, you, you're out on the road at the moment, aren't you, playing live? Yeah, uh, first show was a week and a half ago in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra and a bunch of uh, New Orleans museums as guests. And we had, uh, when we did Big Bottom, not only did I introduce the... Uh, uh, giant inflatable pink torpedo for the first time. But uh, I said, we have the symphony orchestra, all the basses in the orchestra, all the low horns in the orchestra, the bass, all the band was on bass. Uh, there's not enough bottom. There's New Orleans, are there any sousaphones in the house? And 12 sousaphone players march out on the stage from the brass bands in New Orleans. Seriously? Yeah, wow. yeah, it was great. So, what a noise. What a noise indeed. And, and moving a lot of air, they do. <laughs> So, I mean, are any any of your uh, illustrious guests that work with you on on the album, and they might be joining you down further down the road? On we saw, we we we've we've opened the door, put out the welcome mat. Uh, the next show we do, we're going to be taping for an American television network. So we've put out a, a, an especially attractive welcome mat for that one. You know, we're hoping to. I know Mr. Schaefer has already signed up for that one, uh, but we hope to get a lot of them down there for that. It's in Florida. You know, that's attractive. Come for the sun, stay yeah. for the taping. Oh, are we gonna? Are we gonna get to see Derek Smalls play live over here? Are you coming back home to that's, play for your adoring home audience? That's the plan, uh, as far as I know, for the autumn. Maybe, maybe a gig at Shrewsbury Town Football Club. Oh yeah, the stadium. stadium. Yeah, well, at the Meadow, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to play the Meadow. So does does it? I mean, Joe and I were talking before before we uh, we came in to talk to you, and, and we were both wondering does does the fact that you know you, you're carving out a very strong solo career for you does it really mean that the Spinal Tap is over? Well, you know, they say never say never again, uh, or always say never again. I, I forget which, but um, or never say never say never. Um, I don't know. I mean, Nigel just got his hands full. Um, raising miniature livestock, breeding it, breeding miniature livestock. I heard about the animal husbandry episodes. Yes, yes. Um, the horses was not successful because uh, he couldn't find jockeys short enough to ride them. It's and a then, but guitarists are always extremists, aren't they? Yeah. You know, as opposed to bass players who are more grounded in the band. Um, lately, I, t- I talked to him. He's uh, been breeding miniature goats, which are cute as hell, and, and I mean that as a compliment, um, but they're too small to milk, so he just keeps hitting his head against that oh, wall of uh, extremism. One, one day, yeah. one day, one day. So he's got his hands full, at least. Has he heard the record, though? He did, and he sent me a very nice note saying, well done, mate. So, okay, yeah. can't say fairer than that. Yeah. No, no problems with exploding drummers while you've been on the road, as, as Derek Smalls is, you know. Here's the thing. And I say this with some knowledge of the ways of the supreme evil one. Um, I think that curse attached to us as long as we were a three. You know, the power of three. Now I'm one. And every drummer who's played with me has rung him up and said, how you doing, mate? Never better. You know. Well, uh, that's that's, that's great. It's the curse in reverse. So, I mean, really, let's wrap up. A couple of things. You know, I'll go back. What, whatever did happen to Artie Fufkin? Artie uh, is still, as far as I know, a promotion man. Um, but 
not in the record business. I, I don't know what he's promoting. Uh, maybe pharmaceuticals, he'd be suited to that, you know. Um, it's, it's a sale. He's good at sales. He's not good at getting people to show up, but he's good at sales. He's just a very persuasive, you know, you can't shake him. That's what a, a good salesman is, someone you just can't shake. You know, yes, I know, but no, 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 no. He, and, and listen, to, listen to this and listen to this. So that's the kind of person he is, I think. I think he'd do well, you know, talking to doctors, selling them on, you know, new drugs. I, think that'd be, I don't know if that's what he's doing, but if, it, if I were his agent... I don't if know anybody if, out there knows. I don't know yeah. if promo men have agents, but if I were his agent, I'd say get into the drug business, mate. Did, and did you ever see Ian Faith after the uh, Ian hatchet Faith, job, as you say? Ian Faith had died, we believed, in a uh, CD hotel room in New York. Imagine that, if you will, uh, in 1990, and then surfaced a few years later claiming he had faked his own death, uh, shows up in the Cayman Islands where all the legitimate businessmen hang out, um, and had uh, stuck us with the bill for his uh, for the buffet at his funeral. You know, that's that's just disgraceful, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, uh, and most recently, and I don't mean to say this as a negative, but he, uh, I believe, got the exclusive... Uh, rights to sell Nazi paraphernalia at European skinhead rallies. So good on him. Wow. What about polymer? What happened to polymer? Got absorbed by uh, a, a different mole- a different uh, corporate molecule. You know, there's only three record companies left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. part, it's part of one of them. I don't know which. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a very different uh, record industry to the one that was there. Well, it's not an industry. It's really just like a, a, a little craft building in the... In the back of the of the of the uh, estate, you, you must feel very proud then of your own achievements to sort of to, to to step forward with this new record, take it out on the road, you know, and 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 to, to sort of supersede even what you achieved with Spinal Tap. I'm swimming upstream, mate. That's how I feel. I'm swimming upstream. But you know what what salmon do when they swim upstream? They spawn. <laughs> <laughs> so look for me to spawn. Right. On the road. Well, bearing bearing that in mind, Mr. Smalls spawning, <laughs> um, I have to say, Derek Albion Smalls. Yes, sir. It's been an Guilty absolute absolute delight to, to talk to you today. Thank you very much for joining us Thank on the you. Prog Magazine podcast. My Joe, pleasure. thanks a lot. Thanks very much. Thank you, I hope, Joe. hope Thank everyone you. listening enjoyed that. We'll be back in about two weeks. Thank you. Thank you.